Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Uh, yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon Wilson, and this is the show 100% dedicated to lacrosse goalies, where it is my job to interview the greatest in our sport and pull out the tips and tactics and mindsets that you can use for your game. It is February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. But more importantly, college lacrosse is on TV. Of course, don't tell my wife I said that, but we all have our priorities. (laughs) I'm just joking. Today's guest, Dom Madonna. Dom Madonna was a starting goalie for the Syracuse Orangemen for their 2018 campaign, completing a childhood dream of his to start for a premier Division I program. But the road wasn't always smooth and easy, and we discuss his approach to learning the position some of the obstacles he encountered along the way, and how he overcame them. Dom is extremely passionate about lacrosse and the goalie position, and you're going to love this chat. We cover a number of great topics, including what his uncles taught him about the goalie position, the moment he realized goalie was for him, how his goalie style changed throughout the years and why he moved to a more flatter arc in college, the 5,000 club, what is that? What he learned from Adam Gittleman and John Galloway, how he dealt with the pressure of taking over the Cuse role, his favorite goalie drills, and how he even made his own reaction ball, and his new venture with X-Factor Lacrosse. So a number of great topics we hit on, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dom Madonna. Before we start this conversation with Dom, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is, of course my own online Lax Goalie Rat camp. The camp is something I put together to help young players, coaches, parents understand the goalie position because the goalie position is complex and you need a plan to get better. It takes hard work, but you need a plan. And that's what the Lax Goalie Rat camp is all about. Do any of these problems sound familiar to you? I'm a parent of a youth don't know how to properly train my little lacrosse goalie. I'm a beginner with no lacrosse goalie coach, and I don't know what to do. I'm scared of the ball. I struggle with stepping to the ball. I need help being a leader of the defense. I struggle with low shots or bounce shots or off-stick hip shots. I've went through all of those issues, and I've overcome them, and I've helped young goalies, parents, coaches overcome all those problems, and I've put everything I've learned into this camp. And it's going to teach you the technique, the physical, the mental, the lacrosse IQ. It's going to show you tons of drills that you can use to improve your game, both physically, both technique-wise, and mentally. So go check it out. It's available at laxgoalyrat.com slash goal. That's laxgoalyrat.com slash goal. My next guest on the Lax Goalie Rat podcast was the starting goalie for the University of Syracuse last year. It's Dom Madonna. Dom, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate it. How's it going? It's going great. How about yourself? Great, great. All right. I, you know, Dom, I always like to start right at the very beginning. You know, why, why did you become a goalie? When, at what age and, and what attracted you to this position? Um, you know, I, I got a, a lot of that to my uncle. Um, my, my youngest uncle, when I was younger, was about right around 15 years old. So they were, they were both very young, um, both playing lacrosse at Liverpool high school, you know, right where I'm from. And they, they kind of were the ones that pushed me to play goalie, mostly because they wanted to shoot on me. They, they wanted somebody <laughs> to shoot on. And my uncle Mike was sick and tired of getting shot on. So that was a big contributing factor. And then I, I, you know, bowl league comes around, which was the youth league around this area back in the day. Uh, I was kind of the first one to be tossed in. So you know, I, I, I jumped on in and yeah, found out quickly I don't like running all that much. And I um, 
there was something about the position too, as I grew up, you know, I always tried a lot of other positions. I always tried playing midfield, um, always tried playing attack, all that kind of stuff. But there was just something about playing goalie um, that kind of attracted me to the position, I guess, besides the fact that, you know, I grew up playing it, so it kind of felt natural. But that was, I mean, like I said, it, it just something about the position, you know, being able to kind of have some kind of control of the game, you know, you are really by yourself in there sometimes and kind of a lot of, you know, mental uh mental stability that it kind of takes to be you know they kind of poison the net uh you know that i developed you know older you know when i grew up a little more i I realized how important that was and uh yeah i mean that that was kind of more the appreciation i gained at the end but the reason the real reason my uncles they were the ones that just kind of tossed me in there and said have fun they wanted someone to rip shots at you know and like dom dom get in there exactly (laughs) <laughs> was it uh was it something that that came natural for you or or like a lot of goalies did you did you have sort of those feelings of like crap I'm I'm a little bit scared of this shot as it's coming at me there was moments like that um at, you know when I was around right after fourth grade I actually had moved to Texas um I used I was living lived in Liverpool and I ended up moving to Texas uh right around fourth grade so I lived there from fifth until ninth grade and you know, that was right around the time lacrosse was really starting to, you know, expand and grow down in that Dallas area. So I had, you know, I had some opportunities to play and some opportunities to get coached. Uh, but really, you know, my uncles had come down and live with us for a little bit. So that was kind of the first time that I was really kind of scared of the ball. Or I wouldn't say scared, but not used to the speed because they, they were all in college and they kind of felt like that I was able to start handling the shots, you know, going to middle school. So right around that time, I was really kind of um, – getting used to the shot speed and it really just took a lot of time of like getting uh you know comfortable with that kind of that kind of speed mm-hmm. but uh you know it, it kind of like I said it kind of came um you know to a point where it kind of came naturally at you know a certain point not being terrified of the ball was you know something that I felt like I had always had and just I always played the position um so yeah, what was what was the original question? I'm sorry. No, but, that was good. That was good. It, the original question was, you know, kind of if there was like a big aha moment for you, or whether it was oh. something that just came naturally. Like I don't know. Some people say, you know, at a certain camp, like I learned this, or I worked with a certain goalie, and 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 he really, you know, gave me that aha moment. And other goalies, <clears throat> for me, in my experience, anyways, it's just it's just something that you know gradually comes, or or they had it at the beginning, and it's just a matter of putting some structure to the talent. I was just yeah, okay. I remember what I was gonna say now. I um, yeah. I when I was living down there, when I was living down there, I I thought I was much better than I really was because you know it wasn't there wasn't as all that you know back then there wasn't much lacrosse going on. And when they came down, and I started seeing their shot speeds. It really kind of gave me a new perspective on the sport. So a lot of time, uh, a lot of things that I spent uh, over the summers was you know traveling back to the northeast and playing that was a big thing for me just because I had family up in Syracuse still so I was able to kind of relocate myself back here for the summers um, but it really was a slow grind and then going into high school when I moved back to Syracuse my um, my high school coach was really the one that um, narrowed in my form I would say he really started to uh, that was where I saw the most you know strut you know gain and ability it was probably between my freshman and sophomore year of high school. And that was the moment that I kind of realized, you know, maybe, you know, maybe this really was a position that I, I meant to play. Cause there was always some like up in the air that I had on like, if I wanted to stick with this position, but right around that time is when I was like, this is, this is where I need to be on the field. Awesome. That's a good feeling, huh? Yeah. It, you yeah. know, <laughs> it, it's not, not a lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys kind of struggle. They bounce between like midfield and defense or midfield and all, you know, attack. So it was nice to at least know I had a home. Yeah, I mean, I remember I, I started out my career playing midi and made the switch to goalie when our team like needed a goalie. And like for the first, I would say month, maybe even two months, I, I had that same feeling you were talking about. Like, I, I don't know if this is for me. And then you start to get it. You know, you start to learn the position and the shots don't seem as fast and you know what you're doing. And you're like, OK, I, right. you know, I'm and feeling a little comfortable in here. And this is awesome. There's also something to be said, you know, I'm sure a lot of the goalies listening to this this podcast will agree that first time you make one of those doorstop saves you make one of those big saves there's really nothing like that feeling it's oh. it's pretty incredible i mean it's pretty great i get uh i get goosebumps just thinking about it you know the the yeah. um you know your team's going wild you're, you're feeling great you know defense is going wild i mean it, it, those type of plays can change the momentum of an entire game 
Um, you know, it's, and that, that's, that's the great thing about our position. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. How, um, the other point I wanted to make too, that's kind of great. And I, a lot of times I coach kids to try and like play up a little bit, play against harder competition to see those harder shots. And it sounds like you might've gotten that as a young kid with your uncles where they're just ripping shots on you. And then maybe when you go back to play with kids, your own age, you're like, you know what, these shots these shots aren't as fast as my uncle's. So I, I think I'm doing okay. Did, would you say that's some, some of that was going on? I would know. I would definitely agree because I remember for a you know, period of time, I, um, they, I mean, like I said, it wasn't all that going on down there for a while, but I, um, I was getting pulled up and playing and it's, it just, it felt a little more natural. And a lot of the times when I realized it, I was training and I was practicing at these hard speeds and these you know tough shots and then moving back and, this isn't that weird age where like, you know, you're kind of seven, eighth, you know, and, and the difference between like seventh graders and eighth graders are pretty, you know, you, you it's kind of noticeable at some points and even that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth area. Um, so I was seeing those hard shots and I was actually, I remember, I remember one day at practice, I was getting pretty frustrated because I was kind of behind the shots or I was ahead of the shots, I should say. Um, cause I was beating them there. Cause I was just expecting them to be a little quicker. So it, it's, <laughs> it was something that i noticed, um, going through, my you know lacrosse career that it was getting harder and harder to train at that next level because there was only so many next levels until you really were capped out um but that would you know i would say that is it is helpful it was helpful for me because then i would step into the goal and feel much more confident seeing um you know somebody somebody really tries to you know do with like you know a hard step down or they start really trying to wind up you kind of feel more comfortable knowing that that's not really going to um, yeah. so that you can't handle absolutely right right um everybody everybody every goalie plays a little bit of a different style uh in cage like how would you describe your style of goalie play a lot of uh a lot of change throughout the years i back in high school i used to play a very high arc uh when the ball was outside so you know anything typically what i used to consider was like in between you know 10 to 15 yards i was pretty much at the top of my arc just not even letting them see the cage and that was one thing that I noticed going into the college game that needed to change quickly because a lot of those shooters knew where the goal was even if you were trying to come up and cover it so um, I was a big you know explode out of my 45s kind of guy I'm going to get out there I'm going to you know block the ball and play um, play big and play those hard angles and you know when I got to college um, when I was at Merrimack for, I was at Merrimack College for two years. Um, and when I was there, that was a big thing that I really, uh, I really focused on was kind of almost shrinking that angle down a little bit because uh, the first few days of practice, I was getting beat because the shot was just, it, it felt like it was, it felt like it was further outside of the goal than I, I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were just hugging the pipes on what you get so much better. So, that kind of uh, brought me in a little bit more. And I I wouldn't say um, I was completely flat. I was never really a flat stepping goalie. I was always exploiting a little bit just because that's how I was raised and that's how I was taught how to play was that, um, you know, 45-degree explosion. But it's more like a 25-degree angle now. That's kind of more how I play it. And uh, the other thing that changed a lot when I got to college was I used to play with my hand. This is kind of a weird thing, but I used to play with my hands really far out from my chest and I would really get my hands out there. And I always kind of thought that that was the way to you know play. Mm-hmm. And when I was at Syracuse, um, uh, coach Donahue pulled me aside and you know, I was kind of, he, I was going to him for help and he was helping me. And he kind of told me, you know, you should really consider bringing your hands in because one of your natural motions is when you have your hands out and that shot comes, you are bringing them in and then you're punching back out and you're just killing yourself with time. So, it was one of those things where it worked out for a lot of reasons. A, my arms, you know, they would get tired. When you hear your arms, your hands, you know, stiff out there or, you know, whatever it is, like you have them kind of loosely out there. It really hurts, you know, it kind of it hurt, but you, you can get fatigued quickly. Sure. Whereas I got into this, you know, I dropped my hands in, I was just relaxed. You know, I let my hands kind of just sit and then everything was just a straight line from where I was going. So my top hand was punching in a straight line. Um, wherever the ball was going so I wasn't wasting any motion and I remember that was probably my biggest jump it was my first year at Syracuse my biggest jump from uh you know I'm not going to be able to do this to this is you know maybe something I can do because I remember 
the reason I approached him was because I, without practice, I, I couldn't, I think I went a whole week without saving the ball. And, and it was a pretty awful feeling. Cause I remember I came into practice the first few weeks and I was feeling really good. I was feeling really hot. And then all of a sudden something, something picked up and the, the intensity of the guys picked up or something. And I wasn't making any saves and I didn't really know what to do. And I was kind of lost. So I kind of, you know, I approached him and that was what he, you know, this is something that I didn't even know existed or I didn't know guys did, but he took a piece, took a GoPro and he stood behind my, my shooter videotaped me, didn't say a word. We went back the next day. I went to his office and he broke my, my form down and the shots I was taking frame by frame. And I've never seen anybody do that or break down the film that detailed. And you could, you could genuinely see, you know, my hands coming back in at each point of the shot and you could see where I was getting beat at. So, uh, you know, so the goalies out there, if you have somebody to do that for you, I would highly recommend it because it is just, you know, it was being able to see yourself in that kind of speed was incredible. And, uh, from there, I was like, it was, that was the thing that made me buy into his, you know, bring your hands in kind of thing, you know, simplify everything. And once I did that, it was, it was a world of difference. I remember I stepped back in the next week and, um, start off a little slow. And then by the end of the week, I was feeling about as confident as I ever have. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Highly encourage goalies. And even you do, you could do it with a GoPro, you could do it just with the, with the iPhone on a, on a I tripod. Type they're, they're good enough these days. You can do anything with those. Oh, I know. I know those iPhones are incredible. Yeah. And you yeah. can slow it down. And <clears throat> like you said, what you're looking for is false movement before the shot you know, the shot comes and just really focus. Are you, are you making that direct motion right to the ball? And if you're not, something needs to change because you're, you're going to be missing out on saves. So I, I love that. And that's great. You know, it, it's great. He was able to, to bring that to your game. Um, I, would, I would add one more thing just in watching you play at Syracuse. And I don't know if this is a part of your game, but you're, you're very aggressive with the outlets. Uh, even, even at one point, I think you did like a three-quarter field assist for the game winner. I, I love oh, yeah. that one. Yeah, that's a part of. Would you say that's a part of, of what you do, what you look for? Um, yeah, I would take. I would say it was more one of those things where I kind of just. I always wanted to take pride in my ability to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, you know, growing up through high school, that was like one of the big things that my coach always, always um, emphasized on. And you know, I played. Uh, you know, I only played football for a short period of time, but when I did play football, I played, you know, I always played quarterback. And that was one of the things that I was able to pull from that was kind of just how to lead people and, you know, how to place the ball in certain spots. Granted, my arm stinks. You know, I'm not throwing footballs anymore. I'm not very good at throwing the ball, but that was the one thing that I could bring over from that game. And I, it was just one of those things that I just always wanted to take pride in it. It was, it was the one thing that I could control. I would always say that was, I was always thinking, you know, if there was one thing I can control is how I, I, how I deliver the ball to the team, how I control the tempo of the game. Um, because sometimes you're not on, you know, sometimes you're not seeing the ball. Uh, and when you do get the ball, you want to make the best decision with that. Uh, with that. So that would be the one thing I always, you know, I always want to take pride in. I never wanted to be the guy to turn the ball over. Um, you know, I hated it. We, we had a thing at school. Um, anytime you turn the ball over, you had to do a push up And I, you know, I would catch myself even in games wanting to do that because I felt like I should, but I, I kind of, I had to restrain myself because it's not a good look, but, um, but yeah, that was, it was, it was more of a pride thing for me just because I want to, I want to be able to, you know, control, like I said, I want to be able to control the things that I can control and let, you know, the rest of the game come to me. Yeah. And it should be a pride thing for every goalie, really. I mean, you know, if you throw a bad outlet pass or create a turnover, um, you know, you're right back on D. You put your team right back on D, and all that work that you did in in making the save is gone, right? You got you got to play D again. So, and like you said, that's something any girl any goalie can work on on their own is just getting their their outlet passes dialed in. Yeah, and that was that was one thing. Um, you know, growing up, I remember it was kind of a cool thing my coach did uh, when I was living in Dallas. He he had this thing called the five thousand club. So it was basically like within one month you needed to throw five thousand passes with each hand and you got like a cool t-shirt and I, I mean I still have the t-shirt I wear it to the gym all the time still because it was one of those things I took a lot of pride in the fact that I took the time to do that um so you know I would I remember when I was younger I used to go to the wall and I would do every day I would do like you know I, I had to hit that number right I had to hit that 5,000 so it was you know I would go out and do like 200 every day or do like 300 every day maybe 
you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the guys playing do know, know the kind of zen you can get into when you're just playing wall ball. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a little bit of that. And then just a lot of it, you know, it kind of sounds funny, but a lot of it was just from being in the neighborhood and trying to, you know, play catch in the neighborhood. If you throw a bad pass in the neighborhood, you're probably breaking a window or something. So <laughs> that was one thing that me and my buddies always joked about because we broke a few windows. It was uh, not the best. Nice. Nice. Um, and we, when you played wall ball, are you, is it with the goalie stick? Or are you throwing in some short stick too? Um, I, I would always play with my goalie stick. Always with the goalie stick? Okay. Yeah. I would, you know, I would always, I would play with a short stick only, you know, in my buddy's backyard when we, he had a bounce back and a goal right in the same area. So I would only really do it with that. But I always, I always play with the goalie stick because it was mostly, it was most of the fact that I was, a, you know, a weirdo when it came to stringing my stick. So I was constantly, re, you know, changing my mesh or changing the strings or something. So I was always just out there throwing passes, trying to dial it in. And then once it was dialed in, I would just kind of throw some headphones on and listen to some music and play, you know, play wall ball for a couple hours. And then uh, one of the, my favorite things to do that I used to do at least was uh, I would, if I'd be playing wall ball, I'd start shooting on myself. I would, you know, I would throw like a chest pad on or something just, just for safekeeping and um, kind of kind of shoot on myself because mm -hmm. I knew like I would know exactly what I need to work on. And one thing I still work on today, just because it's one of those things that I, you know, it's hard to perfect was that off stick hip, you know, that off stick hip was always a, you know, a tough spot for me. So I would, I, a lot of times when I'm playing wobble, I'll just go ahead and just throw a couple of those in there and just really work on getting my body completely behind it. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of your me time. It's kind of time to you know sit back and just kind of enjoy the, um, you know, kind of enjoy the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, many, quite a few youth goalies out there. You know, may, maybe early high school, junior high, who are thinking about the college recruiting process. You know, and as someone who went to you know one of the great lacrosse universities, like what what would be some advice to those to those goalies that that you would give them? Well, actually, I, you know, like I said before, I wasn't originally recruited to Syracuse. Um, I went to Merrimack for two years, uh, played there, and then just kind of decided I wanted to come home. And, but I guess, you know, to, you know, to answer your question, though, is uh, my thought, and I always kind of went this way, was the more interest you can show in a school or the more um, you know, times you can show yourself out there is for the better. Um, we... You know, at least me personally, I, I was somewhat obnoxious, you know, getting in touch, but it's kind of one of those things where you have to show your interest because right. you've got to find the thing that separates yourself. And, uh, you know, the other thing too is, and I know a lot of guys don't want to hear this, but playing division one, isn't always the be all and end all, you know, it's, it's, you got to find that right combination between school, lacrosse, um, financial, you know what I mean? just getting out of school now and all those financial aids is hitting and, you know, you got to figure out what's really important for you. So, um, you know, like I said, it's great. It's a great experience being able to play a division one sport, but the talent and the, the ability and the, and the, the competition at the other divisions is outrageous. I mean, there was a lot of times we would scrimmage those teams and they would beat us and, or they would give us a game or there'd be a lot of those scenarios. So that would be at least one piece of advice for me is don't downplay or don't discredit those other divisions because those sports or those, those games and those teams at those divisions can hang with pretty much any, you know, a lot of those top teams can play with a lot of the teams in division one, division two, whatever it may be. Um, so Absolutely. that would be kind of my, my recommendation is, is just keep your options open and, you know, is what's going to happen. Well, you know, what's meant to happen will happen kind of thing. And if you're, if you are passionate about it and you just, you do the things that you, you know, you know, are right. You do your, you get your good grades and show it to these coaches that you're interested, you know, the right things will happen. Yep. Great points right there. Yeah. I played in the MCLA and I mean, I had a fantastic experience, just, just a fantastic experience. You know, it's the, the level of the competition is I would say just as high as, I mean, in terms of like how hard we work, probably not the level of talent it is, is not as high of course, because D one gets the best players, but you know, just like you said, it's D one's not for everybody. And, you know, just make sure you, you know what, what you're getting into and, and yeah. consider the other things. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I, like I said, I mean, I went to a division two school and it was just as hard, if not harder than when I was at Syracuse. So sure. it, 
there's nothing wrong with it. And I know a lot of people um, have my cousin out right now with the whole process and there's really nothing wrong with it. So that, that would be like my, my one piece of advice. That's good. What about um, who are some of your lacrosse goalie idols, or I guess some, some of the guys that, that you learn from. Um, as I, learned from, I was a big fan growing up of uh, Adam Gittleman. I was a big fan of watching him. I liked, I liked the way he was very aggressive um, with his play style. I really liked watching the way his, you know, his form was, uh, you know, I would say I took a lot, at least, at least I tried to take a lot of like my, I would say kind of style from him. Um, but going back and kind of when I was growing up and I got to college more and like, you know, we kind of, like we were talking about with the passing thing or being able to throw good outlets. Um, I spent a lot of time looking at, you know, what, what Galloway had done and kind of what the things, and I guess being a little more on the inside and knowing, being able to talk to the guys who coached him, I was able to kind of draw some of the stuff that he did out from those guys. So I was able to learn a little bit more about drills he's done. Um, and then even a few times, you know, we would, you know, I remember one time we were at Manly Fieldhouse. I was playing wall ball or I was working out or something. And he was just over there talking or playing wall ball. You know, he was up here just home for the holidays or whatever it may have been. He was just playing wall ball catch with himself or whatever. Still, you know, so I kind of got a chance to pick his brain a little bit then too. So, um, I would say, you know, those kind of were the guys that I I remember looking at and watching growing up, thinking kind of like, this is how I want to, you know, present myself at that level. Yeah, that's great. Love those guys as well. I, that leads me to a question of, you know, taking over the starting role at, at Syracuse is, you know, it's very big shoes to fill. A lot of great goalies like, like John Galloway, like you mentioned, have had that position. How, how did you deal with that? you know, like mentally, how, how did you mentally put yourself like, all right, I'm ready. This is my time. Um, it, it's a lot of more kind of like when I was ready for that moment for a while, I, I guess I should say it was one of those okay. things where I was very prepared for a while. Um, but that's before it all hits you. I mean, I, I started for two years at Merrimack, but it was, when I remember the first time I stepped into the dome and I started, it was a different, it was just something a little bit different. And I thought I was prepared for it. Um, <clears throat> and I knew I was, and that was kind of what the thing, you know, what I had to keep reminding myself. And it was like, when you are confident enough with your game, nothing else really matters. And that was kind of the thing that I talked about with my uncles, you know, cause again, they were always right here still talking to me and helping me out. So that was the one thing he said to me. He was like, how I remember cause he, he played at Utica college up here in much smaller school. But, um, he remember he was talking to me one day, he's like, how do you, you know, being out there feel? And I remember I told him, I was like, you know, you would think it's a, this crazy experience, but when you're out there, it felt the same. Mm-hmm. And the first game was a little, with a little nerve wracking. And then all of a sudden the second quarter came around and everything felt normal again. You know, you, I just kind of felt back to that vibe of like, you know, this is just another game. It's just, I'm just inside in a dome or it was just, you know, I'm wearing a different Jersey this time. Um, but I kind of, you know, when you, when you feel confident enough to be able to take on that role, I think, you know, you're ready. And I was, like I said, I was ready. Um, I, I was kind of always ready to go and I was prepared. And it was one of those things where I was just confident with my game uh, to be able to tell the coaches. Uh, it was one of those things where I remember, when Evan Malloy was playing, I was like, I told him, I was like, listen, if you guys ever need me, I'm ready to go. And mm-hmm. I think once you can come up and actually take step out of that, that boundary to step out and be able to say that is when you, you know, you can be confident in saying that you're ready kind of thing. Cause if practices aren't going well, then good chances that game probably won't go well either. Yeah. Those are really good points. I think that, I think that sometimes youth, like <clears throat> you, they, they look forward or look ahead to these like like a championship game or or starting for this other team and and that and that creates all these nerves like from an outsider perspective but like you said if you're just like once you get in it and you're like in the moment it's just like any other game i mean maybe it's still big for all these other people who are are looking on uh from the outside but but once you're there standing in between the pipes you know it's just like any other game and those saves are just the same as as you know like like you were practicing before 
And so I, one of those sure. things, dude, you kind of you kind of hit on it, and it was that I kind of had to take it off a pedestal for myself. And my uncles and my dad and my family were like, "You guys, you need to really appreciate it. You need to really appreciate." It. And I'm like, I, you really can't until you're gone because you if the more you know the bigger you put it in your brain the more you know nervous you're going to get to mess it up so that was the one thing that i always thought was really good um you know mental exercise for me to do was you know try to tell myself it's not a big deal it's nothing it's nothing different you're just playing playing a game and the minute you put on a pedestal the minute it becomes it becomes too stressful and um i i think that it's important to just appreciate it for what it is and what it's always has been so that was that was the one thing that, you know, looking back now, I can really appreciate it. I can really appreciate where I was, what I was able to do. But in the moment, you just got to play your game and let it, uh, you know, let it be just like any other, any other time you ever played. Yeah. That's great. Uh, when you were back at Syracuse, what did your, what did your goalie training regiment look like? like? Were there specific drills that you love to do or um, specific exercises or things like that? Um, yeah, we, um, <clears throat> I guess I mean, are you talking, you know, weight room, field, game? Could be weight room, all. could be field. Yeah, let, let's go through it all. So yeah, I guess I can start, you know, in in the weight room. That was, you know, one of the places where I think I saw the most improvement in myself from, you know, from when I was at Merrimack when I was in high school to when I got to Syracuse was that I just I knew I was undersized and I knew I had to do a lot to bring my physical you know, structure up to be able to compete at the next level. And um, one of the things that I love to do was, um, you know, obviously I love my I love squatting. I love that, all, the, all that kind of stuff. Right. But one of the things that I used to always do in the weight room um, would be, and I kind of figured this one out more towards the end, but I used to do, I would walk the line, right. Everybody, every goalie knows how to walk the line, mm-hmm. um, but I would do different weighted variations of that. So for one instance, I would put like a prowler on me or I would put like a, a sled and I would wrap it onto myself. And it kind of forces you to explode through that first bit because you got to get the sled moving. And once you explode through, then it starts sliding behind you. Um, nice. And then another one I would do is I would do that for a couple of times. And then um, I would actually wait. I would just put a weighted vest on. And this way I'm just weighted through the entire thing. So it's a little more power. Or I'm sorry. It's a little more strength versus just straight explosive power. Um and then I, I would just do a lot of um, one of the things I invested in early was I bought a reaction ball. And well, I originally, I originally just tried because I didn't want to go buy one. I just tried cutting up a lacrosse ball. <laughs> you like and gluing marbles on all, all over the edge of the lacrosse I, I actually ball. took, I took like a, um, I took like, like a hacksaw kind of thing and just cut out like these like triangles. It didn't work. I would don't, I don't recommend anybody doing it. Just go buy the ball. It's like eight bucks. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> So I bought that and I spent a lot of time with that. I would just throw it at the wall, um, just try to catch it. And then uh, I, I lived with, I'm not sure if you remember Ben Williams. He was one of the faceoff guys um, when I was there. Mm-hmm. And him and my other roommate, Joe DeMarco, we did this thing. It was, and I thought this was great. And I never even thought about this kind of thing is they would sit there. You would basically knee, kneel down. They would stand behind you and they would drop lacrosse balls, basically just down in front of your face and you had to catch them. And it, it it really an interesting drill to do because you have to like you, you kind of have to focus your eyes somewhere that doesn't really exist. So it's it's really kind of good eye work and kind of good hand eye coordination because you're gonna drop a lot of these balls. Like it's gonna happen, but when you do catch them, you start feeling like you're you're all there now. And we would do that before practice, and I would feel much snappier in practice. Um, and then. During practice, one of my favorite drills to do would be just um, uh, we would, you know, during during practice we would do we do a lot of ladders. Uh, uh, during kind of like our off time, if we were in between drills, we would do ladder, and um, I think the ladder was great. Any anytime I could do a lot of footwork, I always thought was for the best because that was really the one thing that. If you had, if I had slow hands one day or something, my feet were always there for me because you can just always throw your body in front of the ball. It's just one thing that you always have. So that was kind of one thing that I always tried to focus on. Um, and then my favorite drill would probably be, and it's not really a goalie related drill, but uh, more of an attack drill. And our coach would always just kind of throw us in there to be like, oh, let's see what you can do. 
but basically they would have two lines on either side of the crease, just real tight. One would feed it to the other side and the other one would just run across and they couldn't fake, but they just had to shoot real quick. And if you made the save, you made the save. If you didn't, you didn't, but it was kind of fun to kind of play the mind games with the attackmen because you didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't know how you were going to react and it's all positioning and all just kind of guesswork, but it's something that's part of the game. And, um, yeah. It's kind of hard to emulate those situations in a drill, and it's one I think one of those good ones that does a good job doing. That's great. So there's two two lines either side of the crease, and they just feed the ball cross crease, and then try to try to score on you. Nice. And then going back to that other reactionary one, like the, the guy sitting above you, kind of like dropping a ball on out of your peripheral vision, left or right, and you basically standing there with your hands kind of like ready to go, and they just reach out and grab it. Is that how that one? So I would, it depends if you, when we first would start, we would have our hands kind of up in front of ourselves and the guy would kind of keep it more in front of your head. And then the the better we would get, we would kind of keep our hands turned over and then try to catch and try to snap out of our reaction a little yeah. faster. And he would kind of get a little more out of your peripheral. Um, but that was, that was one of my favorite things to do. And it worked for faceoff guys. It's anything that requires a lot of reaction time. Sure. We love that. Awesome. Any like unconventional things that you would do to train yourself to be an elite goalie? Um, that question is hard. Nothing that I could immediately think of, but I um. No worries. I was just curious. I, I um. Uh, let me let me think about it, and then I'll come right, back. Maybe, to maybe maybe we come back to that one. Yeah. I played I played a lot of ping pong, and like to me that really helped. And it's like a lot a lot of people think you know make the association with ping pong, table so tennis. I, I'm talking about so here. I right? played no, I played <laughs> a lot of ping pong too growing up, and I actually it was funny. We had one at the table at my office, and I was playing, and I I. I I kid you not. I literally made like it was going off the table, and I ended up like making a save off my chest with it, and I like caught it. I was like, <laughs> I was like that was a little too much for work, but it just like was something that came. I was like it just made sense to me to do. But yeah, uh, yeah like, no, there's, I, there's Dom, that D1 goalie, yeah. <laughs> really getting after it over there in the corner. Try hard and launch right now. <laughs> yeah. Calm down, buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how about how about this? With with all the experience that you have now, what what piece of advice, or I guess specifically goalie advice, would you give uh, your younger self? Um, I would tell myself, hey, stay here. But I'm gonna say, enjoy the ride. You know, enjoy enjoy the process because it's not gonna last forever. Um, but the second thing I would try to tell myself a little more technical side is to find the weight room earlier, I think, because the thing with the weight room is, yeah, it's great to build body, you know, build yourself up or whatever. But I, I liked being in the weight room and we did a lot of weird. So I guess this could count as my weird thing, right? One of the things that my strength coach really pushed us to do was to, when you're in there is to, you know, strain your mind not you know you're gonna strain your body but that's what's going to cause your mind to strain and his big push was always to callous your mind like you can callous your mind you know you're going to be tougher in those situations so if you can put yourself in those situations where you are stressed and you can still function under those kind of stresses when you're in a game there really is not going to be much that could stress you that much so i would i would you know recommend to my my younger self find the weight room much earlier um you know don't kill yourself but i mean i remember like one of the hardest things that we've ever did or at least i ever did in the weight room was farmer's walks and we would do them once a week and it was the one day that everybody hated no one wanted to go do it um but i kind of i always tried to find the best in it because the one thing i found is you know the if you don't want to do something it makes it a lot harder so once you voluntarily decide to do it it was much easier um but I liked it because it really was just you and that weight. And for those who don't know what a farmer's walk is, we would basically take up, just grab some dumbbells and we, or you can grab, you know, for most cases, don't farmer's walk would be anything, but we would grab dumbbells and maybe pretty heavy dumbbells. And you'd have to walk, at least in this scenario, we would walk the width of a football field down and back. 
And, you know, the higher up in the weight you get, the much harder it is. And mm. every weight is essentially doable. It's just how much are you willing to hold and how long are you willing to go? And it just puts strain on your whole body. And it's one of those things where if you want to put yourself in that kind of stressful situation, do that. And you're, you're going to find a lot about yourself. Totally. Yeah. I'm a huge weight room guy myself. Like I loved, I love the weight room and you know, you can make an argument that as for a goalie, like, yeah, like get, you know, putting muscle on your body, like it helps, it helps you explode to the shot. Maybe not as much as, as like a defender or attackman or a midi who like are really involved in these like strength type of battles. Uh, but, but the biggest benefit is just that, like you said, that mental element, you know, like, you know, that, that you're doing everything that you can to get better. And as you get stronger, you get more confident. And to but, me, that was the, the biggest gain that I saw. And I think um, with the weight room, it's, it's a kind of a little bit of holding yourself accountable because like, let's say you do drop that weight on those farmer blocks. Let's say you do drop that squat. It's one of those things where now you have these goals that you can set for yourself. But you know, the other thing is like, did, was that really all I could have given in that situation? Was that really all that I had? Um, and it, you, you kind of keep building yourself up and you keep challenging yourself. And I think it's kind of hard to find many other places where you can get that instant, um, you know, get humbled that quickly and, and kind of learn from yourself. Um, it, it's kind of hard to, you know, replicate that on a daily basis. And I think that's, I think that's probably one of the best things that I got, you know, and, and not to mention, you know, our strength coach was, just, he was a great guy. He, he really pushed the, the mental, um, the mental side of everything and really pushed the whole, just being, just being able to withstand and like I said, callousing your mind. It was a big thing. So um, callousing yeah. the mind. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. This might be a related question then. Was there a time that you ever went through a slump in your career and, and how, how did you get out of that? Um, well, I guess I would say, I guess I can just talk to my year at Syracuse playing um, right around the Rutgers game. I felt like I went kind of through a little bit of a slump and I think it had a lot to do with, you know, the ups and downs of the school year of the, you know, your body just being physically tired from practice every day. Uh, and when you're going through those slumps, I think the biggest thing that I always did, um, you know, I, I had, you know, I, my uncle Anthony was, you know, one of the guys who always, you know, like I said, would help me before. He was always kind of there as my like mental mentor. And so was my um, old high school coach. He was always there for me. But the one thing that both of them would say and the one thing that I always kept true was just when things start going bad and you start doing too much, just go back to your basics. Mm -hmm. And um, what I used to do before in high school, what I used to do before practice every day was I would lay my stick down and I would just jump over it. Yeah. Two feet, I would jump over it front back, one foot. I had this whole routine. I would walk the arc. So when, when I went through that slump, I just I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing that every day again, start doing that every day. Just only think about my, my position, my feet. And what happened was as soon as I started thinking about, um, I remember the one thing I started, like I said, started thinking about was my arc. I was like, am I in the right position at this point? Am I in the right position at this point? And as soon as you start to, starting to think about where you are in the goal, 95% of the time you're in the right spot because you're thinking about it and it takes your mind away from everything else Yeah. because one of the, my biggest problems was I was just thinking way too much. I was like, Oh, am I in the right position? Or I'm like, Oh, the game's on the line. Oh my God. Like if they score here. Then we're going to go up, you know, only by one goal. And then if they score again, now we're tied or whatever it may be. And you just start playing these crazy games in your head uh, where it was one of the things where I was like, Hey, I just need to do what I, what I'm used to doing. Uh, and for when I was in those slumps, I guess it is kind of related and I need to just blow off some steam. Like I said, the weight room was great for that too. So, yeah. Um, but I think just falling back to your basics was was huge for me, and focusing on you know, like I said, like focusing on where I was in the goal took my mind away from everything else, and then all of a sudden I was making saves again. Um, so I think that helped a lot. Yep, that's awesome. Yeah, getting back to basics is so important. Is so important. The other important thing that you mentioned there too, that not I haven't heard that much is kind of like you know going back to your mentor. And I've been thinking quite a bit about mentors and like goalies and those type of relationships um, for, for some articles I'm doing on the blog. And it's just so important to have somebody that you can, that you can chat with, you know, cause you, you might know 
what what you need what it is you need to do but you just you're just out of it and like chatting with that mentor and they're saying hey just go back to basics or or dom you're a great goalie like you know do what you do and just giving you that pep talk is so powerful at times to get you out of that slump or, or to to you know have you break a plateau and, and get to the next level right i mean a lot of like that's exactly true i mean a lot of times you get in those functions you, you're very fogged and the reason i think and i agree with your you know your statement there is that no one else on the field gets it. I mean, a lot of guys in a lot of positions have those issues, right? But there's, you know, there's three of everything. I would say my closest comparison is a face-off guy because he's out there alone, essentially. Like, he has guys working with him. He's working around with other people. His wings are trying to, you know, communicate to them. But, you know, we're trying to communicate to our defense. So, but I think it's one of those things where the skill set is so particular mm-hmm. that you have somebody that understands kind of the the mindset that you could fall into. And it's one of those things where, I would always talk to our face-off guys, or at least my buddy, you know, I'll talk to my buddy Ben and whatnot. And I'd be like, kind of, we would always just kind of talk to see how we're doing just because sometimes you need that because no one else kind of understands. No one, not that they don't understand, but it's not knowing the things that just you want to hear or maybe something that needs to get you out of that, that funk that you're in. Um, so, I mean, having mentors or having somebody that's just reliable to go to that somewhat gets, the, you know, your mindset or how you feel is huge because, you know, I'd be, I would have been screwed for a lot of games if I, if I didn't have somebody like that, at least, yeah. you know, at least in the crowd or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it is they don't know what you're going through because, you know, so attackmen, you miss a, sh- take a bad shot or you get stripped. It's, it's not the same. It's like, it's more of a team element and it's not that instant loss of a face off or the instant loss of giving up a goal. So in right. many ways, like you do need, you do need somebody who understands like that feeling of when you just, you have a ball go right over your shoulder or even worse, like one goes through your legs and you knew you could have saved that one. Like someone who just really understands that feeling. And I think that's, I think that's a good way to put it is like that instant. It's it's like the opposite of instant gratification. It's, it's, yeah. It's the instant it's, loss. Yeah. It's instant loss. And it's, and it is, and it's one of those things where I think you're just, if you are good at staying humble, it's kind of hard to continuously get beat by a shot or something because you're trying to always wear the blame. And that was one thing that I think, I think I didn't do a great job of was I always just blame myself, but that was the wrong thing. It was the blame word in general. It was like, no one's, no one's at fault here. And it was one of the things where if we got scored on, I remember I would always bring my defense in and just talk about it. And it wasn't, Hey, this is your fault. Just be like, Hey, what happened? Hey. And then be like, you know, Hey, Mellon or Nick or whatever, whoever it is out there. Right. That was at least my defenders last year. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, Hey, what happened there? Did you just kind of get beat up upside? It's like, all right, if that happens, we see that we're just going to help you next time. It's not your fault. It's not mine. Let's just brush it off. We're good still. Yeah. And I think having that kind of, um, you know, how to carry yourself like that in the game, is helpful because I mean, a lot of times those you know those defenders do look to you if they they don't let you think it they are really looking at you, um, and being able to keep your pose your poise is huge. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think you know I often talk about goalies need to be the leader of the team, and that's what leaders do, right? I mean, when when your team gives up a goal, leaders don't instantly start pointing fingers and throwing their palms up in the air and, and yelling at slamming the stick, you know, you figure out what's going on and fix it. Right. And then like, you know, pump the team up. Like we got this. Yeah. So and a lot of times it's it just swallowing your pride. You know, it is, it really is just sometimes if it, and that would be the one thing I would do. And I would kind of take it, you know, I would kind of feel the vibe. And if I knew something was going wrong with our defense, I would just try to own the old on the goal. And that was what I was going to kind of get at was I think I did a bad job. Of, I think I personally, was actually taking those two personally. Like I would tell them, like I, would, I told my defender, hey, that one's on me. Mm-hmm. I think I told myself that they all were on me or something like that. So I think that was kind of one of the things that kind of steered me down the wrong road at one point. Um, but I, you know, I was able to kind of get back and just the more communication with your defense, the better. And I think that was kind of what helped me because I just tried to open up those lines of communication better and, and kind of have those conversations before games, after games, during games. Um, you know, outside of lacrosse and it just helps, helps all around. 
For sure. Definitely. Was there anything else you did to anything else that jumps out to, um, in terms of mental toughness, like how to stay mentally tough as a goalie? Um, Not, you know, not off the top of my head, but I think one of the one of the things that I used to do at least was I'm not I didn't I'm not gonna say I did a great job of it, but I did as well as I could. Was I tried to at least inform myself of you know kind of the way um, of mental toughness kind of works. And uh, the reason I say that is because when I was at school, um, have you ever heard of Urban Meyer's book? By any chance? I don't think um, I have. Which which one? Above, above the line. Love the line. Our, um, it's a great book. I would definitely recommend reading it. Uh, okay. But our strength coach had us, he, he kind of summarized the whole thing for us in like about four or five pages. And he had us read that. And it was kind of like, you know, this is what above the line attitude is. And above the line is like, what if everybody is the line, everybody's, you know, at one point, what are you going to do that puts you kind of above the line? Um, I'm being very broad and generic with it, but it was basically what. I guess doing a bad job explaining this book, but uh, the uh, the um, the main the main gist of it was that it was kind of just being the best you at all times, and I, got I think that was the one thing that I tried to take very seriously because when you're in college, at least you know school and you're playing lacrosse, <clears throat> and if you're you know you take any second you know not being the best you, it could hurt you, you know, for lacrosse, it could hurt you in the future. If you're not educating yourself properly, you're not getting the best grades. Um, but the one thing that always resonated with me was when he was kind of giving it a, I'll start that speech about the stuff. He was like, you know, when I wake up in the morning and I'm brushing my teeth, I want to be the best person in the world brushing them. I teeth that moment when I tie my shoelaces, I want to tie my shoelaces the best. I want to, you know, and you, you start letting that trickle into your life, into every scenario now you're just you're kind of demanding that of yourself and that is kind of what you know um that above the line mentality is and doing having kind of having any any doubt of that creep into you anytime that you start thinking you know is this not it it was kind of one of those yes it was like a yes or no question if i'm doing something is this above the line mentality or is this below mm-hmm. and if it was below i don't do it if it's above i'm gonna do it and it's a lot of those, it's kind of a hard thing to answer, but that was probably the, one of the things that resonated most with me through my time there was, you know, it's one of those things that will take you far from lacrosse and having that mentality throughout the whole time. is like, you know, I want I just want to be the best at what I'm doing at all times, whether it be, you know, like you said, brushing your teeth, mowing his lawn, yeah. tying your shoes, whatever it is. So that's not really goalie related, but I just kind of, I thought it was, know worth mentioning because that was the one thing that i always i always thought about at school um after he said it because it kind of landed and um, hit home for me yeah i love it well you i mean you could take it right onto the field you know like any drill that you do like i'm i'm gonna be the best uh, out of my team you know i'm I'm gonna be the best jumping rope or running the mile or what have you yeah i think think it translates i think it's yeah and it's huge um because even if you're not at least you're at least you're putting yourself in that situation and it goes back to being in the weight room. If you drop that weight, you weren't the best that day at that, or you weren't the best at carrying the weight or whatever it may be. Um, and I always tried to let that trickle into my schoolwork, which um, being an engineer, you kind of have to, cause it's not easy, but um, that's beside the point. So, yeah. 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 You and I were talking before I hit record here. We might be one of the few brethren of lacrosse goalie slash engineers. So yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so do you want to tell everyone what you're up to now with, uh, with X factor? Yeah. So, um, for those who don't know, um, me and my old roommates, Ben Williams and Joe DeMarco, we won. um, they, we had all entered a business competition at Syracuse in their business school for a face-off training device, which essentially lets face-off guys, um, practice against nobody. So if you, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, home alone and you want to take a couple face-offs, you put this in the ground, you set up a ball and you can take, take reps against it. Um, we ended up winning the competition. We won $20,000, which was awesome. It was really cool. A great experience. Um, and it's even been a cooler experience being able to you know, get a business going. You learn a lot about business and, you know, being an engineer, you don't really get to see that side of it. So I got to, I've been really, you know, 
you know, diving deep into it. And, um, we down the road, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to keep any promises, but maybe expect some goalie training stuff coming out soon. That's oh, one boy. of the things that I'm look, I'm looking into doing. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing that we've been doing and I've, I love it. It keeps me into the game and it kind of allows me to help people grow, which is cool. Just checking out this X factor thing right now. So it's like, it's like a, like a robot arm that like faces off against you, huh? Yeah. So it's basically a triangle shape. So I, I made it so that you can rotate as far as possible essentially. And the, um, the base of it, I tried to, it's, it's one of those things where I wanted to make it applicable on all surfaces. So it works well on grass, works well on turf. Um, we have our, for those face-off guys or buddies of face-off guys out there, we have our rubber base coming out. So relax. So for those guys that want to be able to practice inside, it's coming. Um, <laughs> I've been getting a ton of emails about it. and It's coming out. Um, but yeah, so you basically, you, you can change the angle of the arm. You can increase the resistance being put those bands in there so you can increase or decrease the resistance for which you're facing off against. So, um, you, you put it down and you can take reps and we, we're going to be coming out soon with a, uh, uh, a book that, or, uh, I'm sorry, a YouTube series kind of explaining how to use it. Cause, um, the person whose idea was originally was our, our face-off coach, coach Donahue, because he couldn't any longer get down because it was hard for him to help the guys out. So he kind of had this idea and he came up with a prototype and I kind of took it and ran with it and came up with this design. And we have a lot of different drills that you can do um, as far as, you know, you could pretend you can emulate some guy already clamping the ball. Um, you can do all sorts of cool stuff with it. Love it. Love so it. So yeah, follow us on at, at X factor lacrosse on Instagram. Cool. At X factor. And I'll link up to this uh, website as well. When this, when this cool. comes out, um, what about your, your weapon of choice, your, your stick setup? Ooh, that's a fun question. I, um, I was, so last year, my, my go-to was, I used to, an Eclipse 2. That was mm-hmm. my, my, my stick choice. Growing up, and I wish I could have used it, was my favorite stick from about high school up until my sophomore year of college was the Void Light. That was my favorite head. It was my, it was, it was the best head I thought, um, but they stopped making it. So yeah, I had to, I had to pivot and find something else. But I, right now I'm using a, a void, or I'm sorry, not a void, I wish, um, an Eclipse 2 on a, uh, I have a cut down Nike deep hole. So I, I have, I run my shaft right around between 34-ish, 35 inches. So it gives okay. me enough to get the ball deep down the field um, and stay accurate, but I'm not getting caught up in the net. I can still kind of do a lot of stick and I can kind of be a little more active outside the goal because I'm not sneaking out a long stick. Um, tried the short stick thing. Don't know how guys play with it. I tried it for a practice and wanted to go throw the ball and my bottom hand flew off the shaft. So, well, if we ever come back for podcast episode number two, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you all about it. I'm, I'm a short stick attack. attack really? guy. Oh, I love it. It's Good so for you. Yeah. So I know I get that. I get that. I get that sentiment. I just, I can't yeah. throw with it. I can't pass. Right. What about, what about the mesh? Um, 12 diamond, 12 diamond. We, yeah. uh, I don't even know what we got. We got something. <laughs> I think it was just uh, it was memory mesh from SPX that we used. I've tried the gamut though. I've tried everything. I've tried uh, wax mesh, twelve diamond. I used to be a in high school up until probably my freshman year of college. I used an Eclipse. Um, well, actually, sorry, back up. Up until when I switched to the Void. Yeah. I used an Eclipse with an open wall 17 diamond. And I think that's probably the best way to uh, string up a stick if you want to throw the ball accurately, I think. Um, I haven't strung one like that because I, I lost a touch on how to do it. But that was probably one of my favorite ways to string up a stick was open wall 17 diamond. I'm looking at uh, one exactly like that. STX Eclipse open wall 17 diamond it, and uh, it's one of my favorites but I also use the Eclipse 2 now. It's um yeah I mean the Eclipse 2 is great my my big gripe about it is that they I wish they had taken the the I actually used for a short period of time the shield that's cool mm-hmm. because I loved the throat on the on the shield I it was if contoured to your your hand so well I wish they had just taken that from the shield and put it on the Eclipse 2. I think the Eclipse 2 is a little bulky still. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you you grip the you grip the plastic, grip the throat with your hand. I do. Yeah, I do yeah. grip the throat. Yeah. yeah. So I actually I started playing box a little bit um, too, and that's also what I use for that as well. Nice. Well, Dom, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Um, just tons of great tips in there. And, and um, so if people want to learn more about you, should they just, should they go to the X Factor or do you want, is there somewhere else they should go? Yeah, um, if you want I me mean, more about myself, my, uh, you can go follow me on Instagram. It's uh, at Dom underscore, or actually I think it's just at Dom Madonna. Cool. Um, we'll look for that goalie instruction coming out soon. Yeah, absolutely. And then if you want to, like I said, X Factor is X, X underscore factor lacrosse. So. Cool. I'll link up to both those when, uh, when this comes out and thanks again so much. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with the starting goalie for the university of Syracuse Orangemen last year. That's Dom Madonna. Dom is super passionate about the sport of lacrosse, super passionate about our position of lacrosse goalie. And just tons of gems were dropped throughout that show. Great, great, great conversation. That's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. Lacrosse season started in the college ranks. I'm really enjoying watching it on TV. For the youth levels, it's getting started soon. So get out there, get some work in, be well. I'm Coach Damon Wilson. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. 